Welcome back to the podcast. Today's podcast is number 85 and it is Mr. Brendan Pang. Today's podcast is brought to you by Tim Adams Coffee. This is a delicious coffee that you can buy for your cafes through Tim Adams Coffee. Uh, He was episode number 31 on the podcast. Check it out. He is amazing. They do some amazing work all around the world. John, pick up my coffee from them at the Northerly Street Markets on Sundays and they make a delicious coffee for me as well. They are amazing. Tim Adams coffee. Brendan was trained as an architect, became a social worker, then hit it big in the cooking world, wrote a couple of books and makes the best dumplings at a place called Bumplings in WA Fremantle. He's a heartwarming, genuine human being who I'm very proud to have on the podcast. Let's go. Mr. Brendan Pang, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming all the way over to Perth just to see us and doing the Good Food Show on the side. We do appreciate that. It's called the Good Food Show, isn't it? Good yeah. Food and Wine Show, uh, technically, but, you know, I'm here for the food, really. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You've had uh, an amazing life and you're still a spring chicken. Um, I was saying to you on the car on the way here how genuine you come across on television and in all that you do, and it's uh, true, kids. He is genuine, and it comes across in real life as well. And um, what do you attribute that to? Um, thank you, firstly. I think it's it's really nice when people say that because it is one of my biggest values is staying true to who I am, and it was always part of, I guess, why I went on TV in the first place, was like, make sure you don't change yourself. But I think the biggest thing about that is that it is my upbringing and it's my family where um, I grew up in a Chinese Mauritian family, very strong kind of ethical and um, very moral values, you could say. But Strict. Um, strict. Yeah, a little bit strict, but not really. Just my mum looked after me quite well. She was very kind. Yeah. So was my grandmother and everything circles back to food. So, yeah. yeah. Did you see much of your dad? Like We spoke about that a bit in the car. Was he... Because I see lots of on. The yeah, socials. I know. Actually, that's you know, not many people. Um, not many people make note of this, but I know it's always like mum and Gorme, which is my yeah. grandmother. Dad isn't as there as much. Well, he is, but just not so much in the food space. So my parents divorced when I was quite young. Both remarried. Uh, I speak to my dad actually probably more than I speak to my mum, like on the phone oh, nearly you know every day. She's going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just don't see him Who's as much. Who's your favourite? No, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> no favourites. Um, yeah, yeah. I so, so I see Dad a lot still. Yeah. Speak to him a lot still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah, lots of lots of people are apart, and sometimes I actually think it's a better thing to be honest. It's it's obviously um, well, not obviously, but Scarlett and I, Scarlett and I's mum have been together for twenty yeah. something years, and we've um, I think our relationship's better because of it. So yeah, um, yeah. So tell me, Mauritius. That's uh, French India. What is that? Yeah, so Mauritius is a small island, so off the coast of Madagascar. And in terms of influence, so I guess a lot of people ask me from a food perspective, the influence there is Chinese, Indian, French influence, uh, and then Creole influence too. So food-wise, it's quite an interesting kind of like dynamic. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So you went off to be a architect. <laughs> Why did you do that? You read a lot about me. Hey, did you um, now? Do you like our new building? So we're currently sitting in um, uh, the you know a room in the in the new building in, in Brizzy for for uh, Suncoast Fresh. Do you like our architecture? Yes. Here? Oh my! Could you tell I was like looking at like the the beams and the floor and, and all that? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I studied I studied architecture first thing out of school. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was for me. I was so young, I didn't really know what I was doing, but the biggest inspiration or like going into that was like, I love art. I love being creative. I love being hands-on. I like creating. Um, and then I went into architecture. I studied that for a couple of years. Two to, oh, just, just under three years. Mm. Um, I was one unit short of like my bachelor's because I, I failed it. I was like, no, nah, I'm leaving. <laughs> but I was actually volunteering at the same time. And then that's when I changed changed to social work. Where, where did the volunteering come from? Where, how did that get in your blood? Because we all, like, uh, Scarlett's volunteered at the dog place and looked mm. after some stray dogs. and RSPCA. RSPCA, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty casual. Um, <laughs> uh, at RSPCA and did a great job. But yeah. how does that, be, is that another family value? It is actually. Do you know what? Like my, my grandmother in Mauritius, she would make big pots of like soup and food and, and share that with, with a lot of the homeless people on the street. And even though I wasn't, um, I was born in Perth, so I was brought up in Australia and went back and forth a lot. I think just those values are very deeply kind of um, within my family. So I went to a, uh, I went to a Catholic school, but soon after school, a lot of my mates were like, "Let's try out this like volunteering program, which is which was to help like kids at risk, just like holiday programs, camp programs." So it was, it was quite fun back then when I was young. To be honest, it was more of a social thing. Mm. Um, and then I found I was enjoying it a lot and really kind of reaping the the social kind of like the, not just the social benefits, but like feeling good about what I was doing, like helping families and kids. Yeah. Um, it makes you realize how lucky you are. And, yeah, absolutely. And it gives you a sense yeah. of, um, I don't know, here and now and, you know, gratitude and, and all the rest. And yeah. Able to sort of yeah. Help and them. it's nice to give back when, when, yeah. you, when you grow up in such a privileged kind of um, back, background. It's nice to be able to share that and give back to people who aren't, that aren't so lucky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's, it's almost like you were born to sort of, um, you know, be on this path. For, for me, looking at you from me as, uh, you know, 20 years older than you, um, I'm looking at you and going... <laughs> This guy has a gift and it's more than just the dumplings yeah. and it's more than just, you know, than what I even think maybe you can see. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that really <laughs> genuinely because I have done oh, a lot of homework nice. on you. And, um, yeah, I think there's something big going to happen for you for, for oh, some reason. Okay. But um, <laughs> and it's pro- Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had I, my cards read recently, actually, for the first time. Really? Yeah, yeah, I've never been. I've always been a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if I want to see a psychic or like have my cards read or anything like that. Because yeah. what if you hear something you just don't want to hear? Mm. But also, do I do I really believe in it? But um, and that was all positive stuff. I think it's kind of like it just yeah made me feel good. The more you <laughs> the more you pay, the more positive. It is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, well, we'll just, so you end up doing a bit of charity work up in Broome as well, yeah? Uh, charity work, social work up in Broome. Yeah, so that's when I, I dropped out of architecture and was like, actually, I love volunteering and I love being in this space. So I wanted to still get a degree in something. So I, I changed to social work and studied that. So then once I graduated, I moved to Broome and then worked in, in child protection. From a, you know, inverted commas, strict family, was that shunned upon or what was the thought saying you're dropping the safe architecture, you know, thing? Or yeah, you know, yeah. Was that like, was that okay? Yeah, honestly, like you asking me that is like, I think that was the fear that I had within. Like I was like, oh, I'm not sure if I, this is what my family would want me to, to do. But um, they took it really well. Yeah. So I asked my mum and I was like, I, I kind of want to change to this. 
And I think actually in my family, like my mum's quite progressive and quite cool about things. Mm. And she was like, yeah, like if this is what you want to do, I'll support you. So yeah. even though I'm not a social worker these days, I think well, you she's probably always are. known that I will kind of go down my path anyway and do what I want to do and yeah. make it work. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably looking after lots of people, you know, all the people in the audience over the next couple of days. Yeah. No, no, this, will, <laughs> this, this will come out after, after that. But, um, after they've had a few drinks. Yeah. I think that's like a different type of social work. <laughs> So then you, so you've got all this amazing influence from going backwards and forwards to Mauritius and, and, and learning, you know, all the ins and outs of that. You must have been cooking all the time and probably taking cooking for granted, would that be fair to say? You know, like you were just hacking. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you know a, a world-class dumpling would have been, you know, lunch for you, no problem. <laughs> Not necessarily you making it, but it would have been something that you just you know, we're picking up. Was that, that absolutely? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not until now that I realized how lucky I was to have the food experience that I did ha- have yeah. growing up. And I think even just seeing how a lot of my friends eat at like these 30 year old men that just like, <laughs> no, no, not Scarlett. Scarlett says the same thing. Sorry. About, I, men. Yes, about, I about men yeah, and, yeah, and well, women who cannot like cook one, at all. <laughs> That's like one of my friends. Uh, I won't name his name, but he like won't eat prawns because he, he thinks they're like the cockroaches of the ocean, which is like, <laughs> that's fine. But he never grew up eating them. So like I grew up eating a lot of different seafood, a lot of different flavors, but also not just that, like appreciating food for what it was and, and not wasting food. I remember if I ever sat at the table and there was a little bit left, like my gourmet would, would like really be like, you need to finish your food because there's people out there that aren't mm. um, lucky enough to be able to eat, to be honest. So, mm. Yeah. So you're cooking, you've been out to broom, you've had this, um, you know, you're working with the social people, you're, you're, you're probably on the beach and finding new ingredients and all sorts of things. And then, okay, I'm going to apply for MasterChef. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. And 20,000 people to apply. How did, how did you get on there? Oh, I think I know, but you don't know, tell me yeah. in your words. I applied. It's a long process for people at home that are like, oh, you just apply and that's it. It's like a heaps of questions online so it's like an actual uni assignment that you need to put a lot of effort into and then back then i don't know if it's the same now but i had to um, submit a video of myself like a two to three minute video they said not mandatory but obviously it is mandatory um and then rounds of auditions before you actually go on tv to, to audition on tv so um how did i get in i don't know it was just a lot of hard work a lot of real what were you cooking i cooked what did i cook I remember the first audition I went in, it was like 20 of us in different groups. There was like hundreds of people in Perth that had made it to that round. Walked in, in a ben- like behind a bench, just like on MasterChef, but at like a cooking school in Perth. And they were like, you've got an hour, you're doing a mystery box, go. I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is actually like on TV. Um, and I remember I had like, I think a snapper, we had like a pork fillet, some prawns all different ingredients that didn't really make sense. Like I think there was some yogurt in there, chocolate, spring onion, like a few different things. And then like a a pantry on the side that we could uh, use as staples. So I think the first recipe I made was some dumplings actually. The very first one, yeah. And I made the pastry from scratch and made the filling, made a sauce. Yeah, it was good fun. (laughs) Knocked it out of the park with the sounds of things. Yeah, well, I guess that that's something you've, um, you know, how to do. Uh, Then you're home. what other challenges happened once you got on there? What was mm. the what was the you know, what was the nerves like? Is mm. it because we see it from TV? So tell us from the other side of things. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely. It's that's a good question because I am very I would say more introverted, 
like quite reserved. So going on a, a big TV show was like a big a big deal for me personally. Mm. Um, but honestly, like going back to why I went on there in the first place, I kind of wanted to pursue this. I think um, I loved social work, but I didn't work like working for someone else. Like also I worked for the government, which was a lot of paperwork and a lot of mm. restrictions. Um, but I've always like being creative. And then there's also the family thing. So being so enveloped in food. So going on, I was like, I, I want to make this work. So back to your question about nerves and cameras and everything else. I honestly like didn't even pay attention to that. I was just like, I'm going to cook and just like put my head down and work really hard. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. And you got through, who were you in the first round with? And that was when Matt Preston and that. Yeah. So that was judge. 2018. So that was the 10th anniversary. That was with Matt, um, Gary and George. Yeah. 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 And who was in your class? Who won that season? Uh, Sashi did. Oh. Yeah, so Sashi's from South Australia. So yeah, nice. yeah, he did well. Yeah. So you've been in twice, yeah? Yeah, I've been on twice. So I went back on in 2020. How did they just ring you up and say, hey, we're getting cool, <laughs> cool cats in? Or? Well, they were changing the judges. So I think they were like, let's change the format up. Let's do something fun. Yeah, get some and, familiar um, faces. Back yeah, there, I yeah. think so. So yeah. it was back to win. So people that hadn't won coming back for another chance. So people like Poe. Yeah. Um, myself, Reynold, Jess, like a lot of big names that have been on MasterChef but That's never won. more nervous. Um, yeah, actually that was more nerve-wracking nerve for me was it was like meeting my like peers. contestant peers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and versing them. Yeah. Also like Polar, I looked up to her for so long but I was like we're going to be versing each other. Yeah. She's not an actual Where'd judge. Where did she finish? She, I don't know. <laughs> I think she came like sixth or fifth yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did you do in the three-year gap then in between? Oh, in the, the gap between, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started my own business. I went back and started my business, Bumplings. Yeah. So it's like Brendan's Dumplings, <laughs> operating from an Airstream truck or like one of those silver bullet kind of like American trailers. Um, and we operate from a venue called the Sunshine Harvester Works. So it's like a warehousey kind of vibe. I had my family in there helping me. And I remember the first four nights in July of 2019, we did four dinners as a pop-up and we sold like over 10,000 dumplings. And I was like, I need to keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we kind of like maintained our spot there. And then this whole venue has kind of like built up and like changed around us and other venue vendors have joined, We've had like a pub come in. So it's, it's kind of turned into a bit of a, a destination in Fremantle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So with um with a lot of those recipes, like you know, you've, you know, obviously the inspiration comes from your family, but you know, have you tweaked any? Have you changed them up? What's 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 happening in that space? Yeah, definitely. I've I've definitely changed most of them to be honest. But what uh, they weren't good enough. <laughs> they were good enough. I'm very true to my <laughs> um my core, my family, but um just making it cool and presentable and approachable. And also having fun with flavors that I enjoy and, and kind of techniques that I've, I've learned along the way. So dumplings is a good one, for example, because I grew up in a Chinese Mauritian family that really we only knew how to make very basic dumplings, like wontons. Mm -hmm. But growing up, I loved to eat yum cha or dim sum and learning how to make or like making things like, you know, prawn dumplings with like the, the see-through, the crystal wrappers and like soup dumplings, all of those dumplings my family could never make, like they just didn't know how to make them. So I've kind of like taught myself over the years and use Bumplings as a platform or like a creative space to, to share that with others. So how did you get found by Woolies? 
<laughs> Good question. Um, it was actually a. a Scott um, comes up with questions. I just, I'm just. No, no, that's Scott. a great question. How did I, how did I get found, found by Woolies? I think we approached them actually, but it was with um, another business partner who um, was interested in, in doing in growing the dumpling business further. So, yeah, and, it uh, was kind of the natural progression. Like I, I had Master Chef. I was like known on social media for like all these different dumpling recipes. Had bumplings, yeah, and it's like, and I was doing like cooking classes and demonstrations around how to make this kind of food, like yeah. dumplings. It's kind of like naturally the next fit was to to have my own frozen dumplings out there. Yeah, it doesn't remind me a little bit of um, is that cartoon? Um, Kung Fu Panda. No, Country no. Panda. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know. There's something about you and him that remind me of each other. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's rude Kung or. Panda. I know, there's something about him that. I love that, Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had the dumplings. He's so passionate. And he was like a superhero. You're like a superhero. So, yeah, yeah. Good uh, save. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Okay, tell us about your dog. <laughs> no, but that is a question, actually. Tell us about your dog that we see on Instagram. Oh, my dog. I love her. I have been traveling a lot this year, so I am oh, yeah, a, you're a bad very parent. guilty of being a bad dog parent. But um, my dog, Tilly, she's a Lhasa Apso cross toe poodle. I think you call that like a Lhasa poo. <laughs> better than a lot of um, but everyone thinks she's a cavoodle so for, for yeah, those yeah. that know what a cavoodle is that's yeah. what she looks like but she, yeah she's gorgeous yeah it's very easy to look after very friendly very sociable but when i when i do travel so now like i'm in brisbane so mum's looking after her or yeah. my cousin will come house it and she's just like so easy to look after mum's got a massive grudel right and um he's like the size of a horse and tilly is five kilos so she's like i can just pick her up with one hand mm. But they get along so well. It's so cute. It must be the best thing going home after a long trip. It is, yeah. Actually, I feel bad sometimes because I come home and I'm so happy to see her and I think she's happy to see me for five minutes and then she's like, oh, I'm back at home. I don't like her (laughs) because she has all these dogs and like mum looks after her, mum takes her for like heaps of walks and treats her with like nice food and stuff. So she wants you to go away more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So just on the side when you're neglecting your dog, you sort of knocked out a couple of books. I did, yeah. I um, have two cookbooks already, which yeah. is called, sorry, my two cookbooks that are called This is a Book About Dumplings and This is a Book About Noodles. And I've just been traveling through Asia writing my third cookbook. Just in Taipei? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Taipei, yeah. My, my partner's based over there, actually. So yeah. I, do, I do a lot of travel, traveling back and forth, but yeah, a lot nice. through through Asia, a lot through Southeast Asia. Yeah. I'm quite interested in a lot of the flavors around there. So is this a, a book we can get and do at home? Like we can cheat our grand, my grandson? Yeah, yeah the like book's not out can... yet, but I think just like with a lot of my cooking and my recipes is making everything approachable for people at home. Picture just... heavy? I like pictures. You like pictures? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've just shot it in Taipei actually yeah, in Taiwan, yeah, yeah. so I uh, put a lot of authenticity into it you could say is that lots um, of languages and and throughout the world or is that australia based that book or the oh my book is distributed uh internationally so oh, it, wow. it's kind of like worldwide and it's, it's comes out as a digital like an e- ebook as well so yeah yeah anyone can access it um but in terms of i haven't really announced what the what the book is yet though or what the topic's on but oh. i think from my travels people can see kind of what it's all food through through my travels basically yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you've had. Tell me about some of those adventures over there. Yeah, it's been cool. It's been awesome. I think for me, coming from a family that uh, love food so much and come from a very rich cultural background and heritage, I think traveling through Asia has been not just eye-opening but very special for me, especially in terms of street food. I think meeting a lot of vendors and families that have perfected like one dish for years and seeing how they do it is it's really cool. Like, and they operate from like, like a cart on the side of the road. Mm. And then coming back to Australia and being like, we actually couldn't do that. Like we have different standards, <laughs> <You> <laughs> different do. standards here. Yeah, but yeah. Um, for me, in, in the context of what I do is is breaking down those recipes and making it easier for people at home to be able to recreate these these dishes, making making it for themselves in in their kitchens. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I've seen obviously on um, Chef's Table and stuff, they they head through there. The lady who does the fish head soup and uh, yeah, and has done it like three or four generations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, I've I've always wanted to go do that, but every time I go to do that, I eat the food and I end up sick. <laughs> so I love it, but I I often, I often, yeah, I often yeah, eat yeah. the wrong thing. Yeah, I know. And you hear about like these these broths and ramens and like soups that you know those like ongoing stock pots that just yeah, go yeah. like for hundreds of years. For, for years, they just keep adding to it. Yeah. But um, obviously, you can't always have that at home. So, <laughs> and not everyone can travel or have the, the luxury to mm. travel. So, yeah, we're very I lucky. think for me, it's it's breaking it down so that they can recreate a dish that tastes like that in their own home. Yeah. yeah. So they could jump on Google Earth, make the food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look around on Google Earth, eat the food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically, just look up photos of where. It's <laughs> 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 yeah, these uh, these frozen dumplings that are in Woolies and yes. other would you say they're in other places as well now? Yeah, in Woolworths mostly at the moment. So we're uh, we're in selected Woolworths, so New yeah. South Wales, Victoria, and Western Australia. Unfortunately, not in Queensland yet. Yeah, working need, on it. You need a, <laughs> you need just a good distributor, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. Probably sort that Maybe out. I could um, speak to Suncoast Fresh. I, think yeah. I know someone. <laughs> Um, so you got all these amazing recipes. Is there any basic secret to all of them that you can like, what's the, this is the thing you've got to get right. Is it the pastry? Is it the density of the filling? Is this just something that, yeah, yeah. that you can sort of yeah. override for, you know, dumplings in general? In dumplings in general, I think, oh, that's a good question. Honestly, like not overthinking it. Yeah. There are some key rules that I have or tips to making dumplings. I don't think you need a recipe because a dumpling, if you think by definition, is any kind of filling wrapped in pastry. You can cook it in, in any way, right? But there's a few things that I think are important. So one is is using, if you are using meat, using a mince that's a little fattier than usual, just because then it's, it's going to be juicy and not dry. Um, if you're making a veg vegetarian dumpling, like cooking off the, the veggies first or getting ri rid of the, the liquid so it's not um, soggy mm. or like watery when, when you cook it. Um, when you go to close it, making sure it's really well sealed. So there's a few little things that just um, you really need to pay attention to detail, but you can really make them off anything in, in your kitchen, which is quite fun. So obviously your mother and your grandmother, and uh, you know, they're your favourite chefs, but memorable food experiences just because you've best got back from this. Oh, trip. memorable Is, is there one that just goes, you know what, that was rocks my socks and, you know, I want to hug someone, you know, like... Tell me about when you know, you know when you just have one of them and you're, and you're not talking all of a sudden yeah, and you yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you're in this moment which every one of us needs to live in the actual moment. Yeah, we're in. yeah, yeah. And no, then, that's a good and one. Then you look at then you look at the person <laughs> and you look at the person that you're with and you still don't say anything. Yeah, and it's like, 
Oh my god! Yeah, have you had a couple of those? Yeah, I've had heaps of those on my travels this year. A lot, a lot of street food through Asia. Yeah. Actually, I went to India for the first time this year, and I don't know if you guys have had this thing called Vada Pav, Pav, Vada Pav, which is like a potato fritter in a bun, which sounds quite quite plain to be honest, but it's this spiced like potato that they batter and deep fry, and it's like the actual patty on the inside in like a soft roll and then they have all these chutneys that they add in there too like tamarind or like a coconut chutney um with the chili and it's like you eat this i had this on the side of the road in in pune mm. but it was like the most amazing thing i think it cost me like 90 cents and it was like a whole meal and then with the batter as well they, they fry it off and get all these little crispy bits so that when you bite into this so- this soft bun it's like nice and crispy on the inside um, so the bun's just there to hold that thing. It is, yeah, yeah, but it kind of like adds to it. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a weird concept. Like you wouldn't think of eating like carbs and carbs together, like potatoes and bread together. I mean, some people have chip sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some people add, add, that shit. add their chips into like their burgers. Like they when do they... that at Macca's. Like everyone does that. <laughs> but this is like a massive like you potato like, fritter. You probably never had the luxury of McDonald's. <laughs> you don't eat all those dumplings all your life. Oh no, we won't talk about <laughs> Macca's. <laughs> oh god. So what about your? Um, you know, what's your uh, go-to greasy food? Like, oh my god, is it go-to know? greasy food? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this is. Oh, I do love fried chicken. <laughs> Actually, like speaking of, of fast food, I do like a bit, a bit of KFC. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Nelly, every good chef, says that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, it is probably the ultimate. Also, traveling, like there's different versions of like, it all tastes very similar, but like, I had McDonald's in Taiwan recently and they've got like Korean fried chicken in there and they've yeah. got like sweet corn chicken soup as like a side. It's, it's Shampai, so who's been on the podcast with us before, uh, he works at Sushi Room and the, he was just in Japan and he what was he doing? He was at McDonald's eating the, their variations. It's, honestly, of, I think every foodie like will go to a different country and like look at the McDonald's menu and be like, oh, that's like, I, I need to try that. That's a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't like the McDonald's in Bali. Oh, you didn't? No. no. What did they have? I think I was craving just like something I was familiar with, mm, mm. and we went to there. And it yeah, was just... but did they not have the familiar like menu items they did, with but with it a few all sides? Tasted completely. Different. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Oh okay, that's different. It was so different. Yeah, I haven't had that experience yet, mm. but yeah. You are cracking around, cooking at the Good Food and Wine show, and on stage, and being theatrical and educational and inspirational, um, so people can check you out there. Um, what other exciting projects are you working on at the moment? Ooh, that is apart a good from the question. podcast with me. Apart from the po- podcast, <laughs> project, um, yeah. what other projects am I working on? I, I have my book that's coming out next year, so there is a lot of it's going to open up my food world. I think to a lot of different different kind of things, which I'm quite excited about. Um, a lot of travel in the next year as well. I think I've kind of I'm making up for the loss throughout COVID. Um, but as you say, I think with my my background in social work and my love of food, there is a, a few projects that I'm working on that I'm quite excited about to kind of marry those two worlds together. Yeah. What can you offer? That's an exciting yeah. yes. What can you offer someone who's looking to, you know, become a chef, who's interested in cooking, to pursue a career in that, um, 
you know, what what what's your advice? For yeah, this? yeah. This, but this because is an interesting question for me because I'm not a classically trained chef. Like I didn't go to TAFE to to follow the apprenticeship. Um, but I can speak from, I guess, running your own food business and following your your dreams, I could say, or changing careers. I think for me, um, yeah, like you kind of need to enjoy what you're doing, right, and be passionate about what you're doing. Mm. It's kind of life is too short to not to so worry about So if you're not cooking food at home regularly, you probably don't really want to be a chef and you might yeah, exactly. just, just <laughs> got a bit excited about what you master chef. Yeah, yeah, but even if you want to open up a, a food business, like I these days I'm not in the kitchen as much when it comes to bumplings, but I actually quite enjoy running my own business and, and being creative in terms of food, in terms of menu, in terms of like teaching my, my employees and staff and, and like passing on those skills. Um, so there's lots of different ways that you can you can get into the food food space. But mm. my biggest thing is is to really just stay true to who you are and like cook food that you care about. Like don't think of it, don't worry about other people. Mm. Food is such a we get so many people that review and, and critique people and a lot of trolls out there, which can can often like leave you quite quite down. But yeah, stay true to who you are. Which do you think is hard to do? Sorry, I'm interjecting here. Please do. This is um, what happens. So, do you think it's for chefs? You know, I have a few chef friends who are struggling yeah. because they're working in these. I have a chef friend who works in a pub. Okay. And yeah. they have lots of processes. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. really want to work there. Mm. And the way it, he feels like quite, I guess, in a box there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess for chefs that are attempting to like they love it they yeah. want to be there yeah but then they get locked in these roles yeah of process and procedure yeah and boring food getting yeah. dished out yeah what's your advice for them yeah i think it's going back to and i think this is with anyone out there not just like in the food world it's going back to like your core kind of i guess mission really like if you think about it maybe it's taking a step back and brainstorming being like what do i want to do what is it that I, I'm most passionate about? And for your friend, maybe if it's for him, um, I don't know, if, if he wants to like cook more native Australian food. And, and he's English. He's English, okay. Yeah, if he wants to shine more on a, a certain kind of area in food, it's like maybe stepping back and being like, well, how can I do that? If it's not in a pub, like where else could I work? Or um, is there an opportunity to like run my own business or start or try something on the side? I think there's always a way to be creative and, and make something work. And um, yeah, and also like I know it sounds like I'm a bit of an idealist, but there's parts of work that just won't you won't enjoy. Like there's, there's parts that are going to be like the same all the time, like putting out the same dish all the time. Um, there's a lot of parts of like my job that I, I don't enjoy, but there's a lot that brings more life to it. Yeah. Any chefs out there would like to come and be a driver at Suncoast Fresh for a, a little break just to, you know, get their inspiration right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really good time. And, 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 and we have a kitchen here. Yeah, so, driving's yeah. great. Driving, driving is when you think a lot, right? Like you yeah, can yeah. reflect and think about a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you go listen to, to lots podcasts. of restaurants. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's what you started doing, yeah? Delivering? I did, yeah. Oh my god, how do you know that? That's such a. Mm-hmm. My dad used to run a warehouse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I used to. It's very. It's quite interesting going through your warehouse. My dad had like a tiny one, but I used to do deliveries for him. Mm. What about your favorite restaurants in Australia? Oh, favorite restaurants in Australia. Wow, that's that's a hard one. There's so many out there. Yeah, yeah look, so many friends. I do go to like um, Nomad in Sydney. I love uh, in Perth. Oh, there's so many. 
Yeah, look, yeah. I, it's a hard question. Long Chim, I love Thai food. I love like Southeast Asian food. Um, actually, just recently, if anyone's listening, like always heading to Fremantle. I know I run my business there, but there's a pizza place called Lola's that, that has just opened up that I like love so much. And they do these deep, deep pan pizzas in like the, do you know, the gastro trays, like yeah. not like a, it, and it comes out, it looks like a lasagna, but when you pull it apart, it's like all oozing and like, yeah. Love the ooze. Yeah. What about fruits? Tell me about some of the tropical, weird and wonderful fruits and, and or your favourite fruit. Mm, mm. Because yeah, absolutely. I'm a tropical fruit. Fan. Yeah. And I do you know I've travelled through a lot of tropical countries lately. So I have been loving um, in Taiwan recently, a lot of guava is like mm. a staple over there, mm. which we don't have as much here, but I, I absolutely white love. White or pink? Uh, white. Yeah. White guava. Uh, the oh, what are they called? The like the bell apple. Oh yeah, yep. I do know their name. Oh, what are they it's called? Like a four-letter word. Um, they are quite common there too. Really yeah, good. Yeah, that'll come to me in a second. Um, mangoes. I can't like. I love mangoes. I used to live in oh, Broome, yeah. and my family is also from Mauritius. So, yeah. so mangoes is like when when it's in season, it's just. What about just jackfruit? I you like fair? jackfruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I like jackfruit. I know some people are a bit not sure about it, but yeah. Papaya, um, lychees, I love. Yeah, just yeah. starting here in Queensland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love tropical fruit. I just love fruit. It's it's like I I, I urge you to go and see a friend of mine called Peter Solaris mm -hmm. at Fruit Forest Farm in North Queensland if you're ever up that way. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is uh, one of my favourite people, and he's also uh, him and his whole family are up there, and they have what I would call the equivalent to a test kitchen, but it's I'm not sure how many acres, but a lot. And it's this, it's like the Garden of Eden, you know, like you'll be driving along on the four-wheel motorbikes, which Skull and I love, and um, he'll stop and then pull down this flower and he'll shake the nectar out and you'll, he'll say, lick your hand. Yeah, I've yeah. been driving a motorbike, never a good thing, but it'll be cookies and cream flavour. Oh, wow. You know, then we'll have a, a champ attack and then we'll go and have yeah. all these beautiful things mm. that I actually did a video up there on a champ attack and I was literally, my eyes were watering as I was eating because it was oh, such really? an emotional wow. thing. And um, and they actually, what a chepardak is, it looks um, it's like a caramel-flavoured jackfruit almost. Yeah. And uh, you can when you cook the seed, it actually cooks, uh, you can deep fry the whole thing in batter and the seed comes out like this beautiful chestnut. Mm. So I would love to hook you up with him. Oh, I'd love to. And he's an absolute delicious. person who wants to just give knowledge back mm. to everybody. Mm -hmm. and, um, he's like your uncle. He actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I love that. He should be on more television he's just done another podcast with somebody else don't think it was as good as one i did with him uh, but um yeah he's 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 part of the whole education bit that we want to do um we'll, we'll wrap this up because you ought to go to the gym and, <laughs> well i can push it back <laughs> and um and the reason i know that is because i was at the gym today and they go oh do you know this guy he's coming to the gym i said well it turns out i'm about to do a podcast with him. yeah do you yeah. have a favorite drink man do you have a favorite beer or oh um just yeah, I mean, I love a beer. Like, I love a, a pale ale, but if I am feeling like a cocktail, I, I do love a Negroni. Oh, nice. Yeah. I quite, yeah. I can't get around the Negroni. Oh, you can't? I oh, know. Oh, either love you love it. them or you hate them. Yeah. I know yeah. it is a very strong flavor, but it's, I love, I love a Negroni. Yeah. I need to keep trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've, been, you've been super successful. One thing you'd change, be, you know, if, if, you know, from when you were like, if you could go back to being 18, what yeah. would, anything you'd change? Oh, 
So this is the list of questions that's kind of giving me just referencing now. <laughs> no, this is a really so good we're question. So we're jumping around think, Honestly, here. I don't think I'd change anything. I think doing all of what I've done so far has worked out. I think is working out. I don't know. <laughs> like who even knows what this yeah, definition of all how, that is. Like, how, how do you deal with vegans and um, gluten-free people? How do we deal with that in your game? Um, how do we... No, not so much vegans because that's easy, but... Um, Gluten-free, gluten yeah. yeah. Um, gluten-free is a little tricky one, but it's for me I take it on as a challenge to be kind of creative and, yeah. and fun. It is hard when it comes to things like dumplings because yeah. wheat, gluten. Is, are, you, are you gluten-free? Mm -hmm. yeah. You gave me some great suggestions last year. At the oh, yeah, the Well and Good brand. I, yeah. I did. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's heaps of alternatives now in terms of sources like gluten-free mm. soys, yeah, uh, it, it's mostly just pastry though, right? It's hard. Like rice <laughs> is gluten-free. I mean, yeah. Elijah, actually, we had him on the podcast a while back. He made a beautiful gluten-free soy sauce. It's amazing. It's made out of kelp. What's it called? Oh, nice. Yeah. Ronin? Ronin or something, yeah. What is it? Ronin? I reckon there, there might be some downstairs. Yeah. If not, there we'll... Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You can also make a really good soy from mushrooms, like a... And it's got the more umami, like kind of savory taste of shiitake. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is I reckon the best soy sauce I've ever yeah. tried. Yeah, I don't cook a lot of gluten-free food at home in general. We have a lot of gluten-free options at Bumplings, but I think if you do cook at home, like I'm sure you'd you'd have a, like a whole bunch of different condiments that you have that are gluten-free. Yeah. That you just like would, would use to add so much flavor to your dishes. Yeah, you yeah. just have to find them at yeah. specific little stores and stuff yeah. like that, and they're like you know twenty bucks. I know they're a lot more expensive. <laughs> For like, you know this much. <laughs> I know that is a shame. Yeah, but it's okay. I got a couple more questions for you. How do you remain humble through such a successful? <laughs> you know, because you're, you're humble, you must get a lot of attention. People must know who you are. Uh, you know. How is it? I know that me being very successful. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. How do you? You know? How do you? How do you remain humble? Yeah, how do you I, remain? Honestly, I don't even think about that. I, I'm just like who I am. Like I just stay true to who I am. Good. And I think um, if ever I go on set or like do something that's with other people of my like colleagues, you could say, it's um interesting to see how different people like react to all of that. So mm. I think I yeah I just don't change like. Good, because that was a trick but question to lead into this question. That's easier said than done, though, right? I don't okay. want to skim right over that real, like. Yeah, yeah. That's so much easier said than done. Yeah. No, I know. Like, I think um, I stay true to, like, I know what, like, what my worth is. I know what, like, I am there to do. Like, if I am at the Good Food and Lunch, I'm there because I have the the skill in like teaching people how to cook home cooked Asian food and dumplings. Um. So I don't need to like go over the top to to be any different. Mm, it sounds like you just don't. You are there for the food. You're not there for the fame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that was a trick question. I was leading into the second yeah. one here, and that's that you talk about being <laughs> your true self, um, you know, and just being yourself. Um, and it's like a parts of your life you, you talked about that when I did say that you were on that journey to be there. Yeah. And I just wanted to know: Are you there yet? Am I there yet? There's always more that I think that I could could do, and I think it very naturally for someone for myself is like I always want to improve and, and do other stuff. But I'm very happy with with how life's heading so far. Yeah. Well, after meeting you and talking to you, um, yeah, I I think you've got the ability to 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 um, 
to modestly and with all the dignity and 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 um, respect of your family and um, you know I think you're going to go and somehow change the world, but just just without making a ripple. Yeah. So keep up the good work, thank mate. We, we love watching Thanks. what you're doing from the Thanks. social media angle. And oh, um, thank you. Where can people find you to, to, to make sure they're following you on Instagram? And yeah, if, yeah, Instagram, I think, is all like social media. So if they yeah. just look up Brendan Pang. Yeah. Um, if you're in Perth, come down to Fremantle and visit me at Bumplings. Otherwise, I have my books and my Frozen range as well. So Beautiful. It's a bit of me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you we for having me. We look forward to seeing what you're doing next and keep in touch. And um, Absolutely. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. If you like that, share it with your friends. We really enjoyed speaking to Brendan Pang. He is an amazing person and has achieved so much already, but I think there's so much more coming up for this young man. Um, so, yeah, thank you for being a part of the podcast. See you next time.